guys, I am super excited here to be with my man, Casey Lee from up in Vermont. And, you know, Casey, thanks for taking some time to be with us today and, and talk a little bit about your, your business and your recent success. Why don't you give the network, I know most of the network knows who you are, but why don't you give a quick little background on your history uh, in the industry and, and your history with Parisi? Sure. Yeah. Um, started training when I was in college. Um, got my now wife's roommate was the point guard of the basketball team. Started training him before um, season started uh, when I was in college. He did really well. He actually outperformed everyone on their fitness testing, which led to the head coach offering me a position as a strength coach with the basketball team for two years while I wrapped up college. Really liked working with athletes. Um, was very lucky upon graduating that John Cirillo was uh, making his way through Vermont at the edge um, in Williston, uh, kind of, you know, scouting out uh, a Parisi location, which conveniently was 10 minutes from where I lived. Luck of the draw, everything opened up right after graduation. So I uh, went from graduation on Saturday to Fairlawn on Sunday and literally went right into coaching um, I mean, I started at seven days a week coaching nothing really but jumpstart and TP1 um, as kind of the baby of the of the location, and then just just kept trying to you know I don't know be better, do my job, I, however you want to say it. But went from assistant to program director to now program director. Was lucky to win franchise coach of the year um, in 2014, um, and then was a, a master trainer with you guys as well. Um, and now run um, the department by myself, program director. We just actually brought on a new coach yesterday. So there's now four coaches, Joe, Kyle, Shannon, and now John, as well as myself. So a staff of five. And um, I think we quite literally are the best um, coaching staff in the state of Vermont. And I think we'll probably rival most of any staff throughout the country. I really firmly believe that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's fabulous, Casey. And I will add to the network, Casey has had one of the fastest tracks and, and the youngest uh, coach to become a master coach in the Parisi network. And it's amazing how you graduated on Saturday and started on Monday and jumped right in. I mean, probably one of the fastest tracks. And you just took to it. And it was because of your tenacity to want to get better. Up to this day, you're running your own podcast. You're doing different things. You're, you're out there in the community. You're building culture. Today, we're going to really talk about how you really built this culture up in Vermont. You know, you got a big organization. There's multiple clubs. Um, you know, you, you, you're, you're sometimes, I think, limited with owner in, involvement, right? I know Mike, he's a great guy, but he's spread, right? He's got, I think it's four clubs. It's five clubs that offer everything from preschool to um, there's a travel lacrosse club. There's a travel swim team that the edge it, it owns and, and houses. There's a lot going on up here. Yeah, a lot going on. So we know sometimes when owners are, are running in a lot of different directions, a program director really makes, needs to take initiative in managing that step. Your culture, you had your best month uh, last month in November. Uh, in the last 21 months, uh, you really did a great job. Talk to us about the culture. Where was it and where is it now? And, and what did you do to change it? Yeah, so uh, I would never say that our, our culture was terrible. Um, when I say culture, I mean like our facility, uh, our training environment has always been pretty awesome. I think if you were to ask any of our kids um, who come train with us, they'd say it's, it's, it's pretty badass. It's, it's a pretty cool environment when four o'clock comes, the music's up. Um, we've got all ages in there. Um, 
but as far as employees go and, and having been a coach on staff and it just, it was, it was, it just didn't feel authentic. I think it's probably the best way to describe it. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I can kind of be a loose cannon on the training floor as far as my personality. That's kind of what I bring to the table. Um, and it was, I, you know, for myself personally, it was, we, I just really wanted to, when I took over the program in July, I really wanted to just bring the training environment uh, that our kids have to the coaches as well. Um, and really allow our coaches to authentically be themselves. And um, that was very important to me. That was actually the first big block item that I really wanted to address uh, back in June, July, was building an environment where our coaches, um, and this is going to sound kind of weird, but were psychologically very safe um, to be themselves. And they didn't have to worry about judgment from anyone else on staff because we all clearly knew what our roles were, um, all the way up to uh, just – you know, putting them in the best situations with training groups that allowed them to be themselves, if that makes sense. So they weren't feeling pressured if they were coaching college kids or if they were coaching large groups uh, in, in more of a phys ed. We do some um, phys ed work with some private schools and, and maybe they didn't feel comfortable in that, but really getting a feel is what, to what the coaches wanted from their position and then kind of translating that into our day-to-day -day operations. Right, right. No, that's that's really interesting, and I and I feel, you know, the network when you when you talk about the success of a Parisi Speed School, you know, everyone's asking or, or seeking the silver bullet. You know, what's the what's the strat? What's the marketing strategy? How do we get more bodies in the door? How do we get more kids or more evals? Or how do we keep our kids longer? How do we overcome competition? Everyone's looking. What's that silver bullet? What's what's the best social media post? You know, and I can tell you, in case you're here to validate, it's about your staff development, right? It's about the team and what you're doing with your team and how they're delivering those sessions. Talk to us about the strategies, the key strategies behind what you've done to really get people on board, you know, being in this leadership role. Yeah. Um, well, I think the biggest thing was I try to meet with each coach privately um, in a pretty informal way. I mean, it's not like it's a scheduled meeting, but our co coaches know that I I'm going to try to grab them for 15 minutes to an hour um, to just have a private conversation with them each week. Uh, it can be as simple as going to get coffee, going to get lunch, um, facilities empty. The two of us, you know, there's two of us just sitting there. We're going to have a conversation about just them, um, us, the, the facility, what's going on, how they're feeling, what struggles are they having, what do they want to do, um, what I can help them with, what I can do to get out of their way um, on the flip side of that as well. And that's huge because I think communication has actually been kind of an area that I've always struggled with um, and was able to really identify that as an area to improve on uh, and, and making sure that by having weekly kind of check-ins um, and very, again, very informal check-ins, allows me to kind of know the pulse of each coach, where they're at. If they are struggling with something, we're able to address it very early on. It doesn't ever really get a chance to fester. That's something that um, learned from Five Dysfunctions of a Team, which is a great book by Patrick Lencioni, No Water Cooler Talk. Um, there's none of that. So we're able to really just kind of keep everyone, you know, happy. And at the same time, you know, they know if there's ever an issue, they, they, can, they can clearly – bring it up and we can talk about it, whether it be in a group in a staff meeting or privately, um, you know, and, and there's a great, a great quote um, from 
uh, a big role model of mine, Tom, Todd Bumgarner, he talks about killing the tigers in the bushes. And that's something that I tried to do for the coaches um, is kind of these tigers that are lurking in the shadows that, that might cause harm to them, quote unquote, you know, killing the tigers in the bushes and making sure those tigers go away so that they can be themselves and feel safe and, and again, deliver and focus on delivering the best client experience that, that they can. Because that's what it comes down to. When you work with kids, they're, they're pretty quick to call bullshit on stuff that's not real. So making sure that our, our coaches are, are where they want to be, where they need to be. And, and I mean, we did have some coaches that weren't where they wanted to be and, and they left the facility and that's, that's totally fine. You know, that's, that's the other side of it is knowing when to cut ties with people who aren't really in it to the vision of the company. And at the same time, really giving the chance for those that are in it to really excel and shine and, and be a part of it to the extent that they want to be. And that's, that's been huge for us. Casey, so many good takeaways from there. Um, I can't echo enough the one-on-one -on -one private meetings, lunch, coffee, uh, getting them to bring, get their guard down to let them really tell you what they're feeling. Um, I mean, you, you're such a great leader at such a young age. I mean, it's really uncommon for someone uh, at your age to have such great leadership qualities and to have the confidence to pull someone aside, talk to them one-on-one -on -one and get them to really share how they're feeling. And like you said, if they don't want to be there for whatever reason, they need to share that. People are so, I believe, hesitant in sharing their true feelings. And you got to get people to really do that. And I've seen you grow so much over the years for you and, and your ability to share your feelings and, and how you're feeling about things. So phenomenal. Patrick Lencioni, huge fan, great book, Five Dysfunctions, to the point where I was so Excited about Lencioni. I got him to speak at Ursa five years ago. Nice. Uh, he was one of the keynotes that I actually called his office, and I arranged the whole the whole uh, hiring of him to be one of the keynotes at Ursa. But great book, a must read, and it's a very short read. You can get the audio. I think it's a you know maybe an hour or two audio. It's a really short fable, which is really engaging. And I guarantee, if all of our facilities read that book or listen to that audio and you apply the principles and understand the five dysfunctions and how to attack them, there's not a doubt in Casey, I'm sure you would agree, life-changing. Yeah, it's huge. That book, as well as How to Win Friends and Influence People by Dale Carnegie, those are probably two, two recommended reading books that I, I suggest for coaches or really, I mean, honestly, I, I think everyone in high school should probably read those. Um, you know, they're just really good books for dealing with people and working in groups. I feel like I'm talking to myself in the mirror right now. The way, <laughs> no, seriously, everything you're saying, I've, I've said for years. And to have someone like yourself say that, who's gone through it and who's done it and applying it and succeeding with it, it's, it's better coming from you because I think now people are really will, will take some action. So, so did you, uh, like you said, did, did you get any kickback from team members? It's funny, you kind of did in a way where I guess – when you talk to some people, they didn't feel they were right for the team and you moved them along. How, talk to us about that. How, how difficult was that and how that pan out? How did that help, help you? Yeah, um, I think, I mean, I don't, I don't really get a lot of kickback as far as people not really wanting to do, you know, what, because it's, we attack things as a group. Um, you know, I, I like to think our staff meetings are conversations. It's not so much me telling people what we're going to do. It's me asking the other coaches on staff, Hey, you know, this is something that's going on, or this is a, and I'm very transparent with them. This is an email I'd get from a dad, or this is a, a conversation I had with a mom. 
Um, what do you guys think we can do to, to remedy this? Uh, or, or, you know, slight tweaks to our programming or, or adding a second coach here when we need it to, you know, whatever it might be. Um, I'm pretty transparent with that through the good stuff and the bad stuff. And uh, like I tell them, if for every, you know, parent that tells us that something, you know, is happening with their kid or they need more or whatever it might be, uh, there's going to be a handful of people that are, are raving about a service that our coaches have provided. Um, but as far as kickback goes to really directly answer your question, I, I didn't really get a lot of kickback. Uh, when we made our changes to our facility in January, we had um, one of our coaches step out um, and leave. Um, and we just decided to not really replace him. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that was a conversation we had with everyone on staff was, okay, you know, we had a, a person leave and how do we feel about making up all those hours as a team? And, and we really were like, yeah, let's do it. You know, because we were able to, with the size of our staff, we worked through the summer with just predominantly three coaches, myself and two others. Um, and we were able to move pretty quick because there's only three brains on the floor. You really got to navigate three personalities on the floor. Uh, and then that kind of put us in a position to have to hire um, a coach in early August. We hired Shannon Bouvier. Um, she's uh, our was our newest coach until this week when we hired our John, our intern. Um, and I think the biggest thing rather than getting pushback was how we hired uh, Shannon and John to make sure that they would fit with what we were looking to do as a staff. Mm-hmm. No, uh, really, really impressive. What, what would you say to the network in, in closing here and wrapping up? Um, how long did it take you to kind of, make an impact in, in your culture and, and how did that impact uh, revenue and how long did it take to impact your, your revenue and your profits? Yeah. I like to think we operate on a four month delay. Um, meaning right now we're really thinking about April. Um, we're thinking about April and May. And when we took over in the summer, we were really thinking about uh, fall, like September, October, November. Um, you know, and, and I think it's very easy to be reactive, especially in the summer when things can be great. And then all of a sudden August hits and fall sports start up and everything falls off a cliff and everyone freaks out. Um, you know, we knew that was coming. Uh, so for us, I mean, I think really it's four months, but as far as staff development goes and, and culture, I don't think there's a hard timeline. I don't think it can be a day. I don't think it, it could be up to a year. I think what really comes down is to having people, and this is something we've talked about, Bill, understand the why, why we want to act a certain way, why it's important we conduct ourselves, um, you know, as something as simple as making sure when a new face walks in through the doors who no one recognizes, even if they are a, a parent that we haven't met before, um, introducing yourself, just something as simple as that. And just what we kind of do and we're, we're slowly working on these as well as a code of values, a code of uh, just kind of how we conduct ourselves in the facility. Uh, you know, as far as like what it was funny, we did this, we do this exercise and I did this with um, um, St. Michael's college. One of the, one of the schools that we work with, we're contracted at a division two school. Um, I went up to the whiteboard and I wrote a question. I said, what do you look for in a good teammate? Um, you know, and, and I just put the marker down and I said, during the workout, just answer that question, walk up there and, and write what you think that you look for in a good teammate. And that's kind of sparked the idea of conducting these, these codes of values that we have as a staff for each other. Um, you know, it can be as simple as if, if you're on the floor and you see something might not look right in someone else's group, you know, how do we approach that? 
to the staff and holding each other accountable. And, and I mean, it, it takes time to get people to buy, buy into that. But like I talked about with killing the tigers in the bushes and making sure we're able to deliver the best customer experience we can, that starts with staff development. It starts with making sure your staff is on point with what the, you know, the, the core values of Parisi are as well as the core values of the health club we're part of. And then our own core values. I think if you ask, um, you know, our staff, what they live for, what, what gets them out of bed, they'd be able to tell you. And I don't think that's really true uh, for a lot of places. I don't think they really think about that or even understand why it's very important. Um, and it is, you know, when you, if you want to be your best, you got to understand, you know, why. Um, and especially in, in today's world with, you know, the whole millennial craze and things like that, we're all millennials. You know, I'm the yeah. oldest person on staff. I'm 28 years old. Um, we've got a 22, uh, 22, 24, 24 and 25 year old and 28 year old. So, um, we're very young. I think that's a competitive advantage for us. Um, but at the same time, making sure we attack everything as a team is huge. And I know, I think we've moved pretty fast, but I think we operate on a four month delay, you know, as far as implementing something today, I think we would really start to see it pay dividends in April. Um, you know, and, and that's, that's just it. Yep. Well, that's, that's been great, Casey. I really appreciate you taking the time and, and sharing your insight on cultural development and what you've done and having your, your best month uh, as a leader, as the program director in the best month in the facility in, in 21 plus months. And it's been great. And you're up in Vermont and you're doing, you know, north of 20 grand and, you know, you're making things happen up there. And, and, and you know, from, from San Diego to Vermont. I mean, you can't get much further than that than to China, which I was just in uh, not too long ago. So we're all over spreading the uh, the wealth of inspiration. That's for sure. And you you lead from the front by all means. And I'm so proud of you. Thank you for taking taking the time. I know the network really enjoys your energy and, and what you bring from a training perspective, but from a motivation perspective and really a communication expe- uh, perspective. Because as you're one of the best communicators I know and at the young age you are and how you're handling yourself and your team, a lot of people on our network can learn from you. So thanks again. Yeah. If anyone ever has any questions, they can definitely reach out. Our facility number is 802-488-3278. And I would encourage you not to only talk to myself, but talk to our staff as well, because um, I mean, they, they do it. They kick ass. It's, it's a team effort up here. Um, It's not just one person. It's all of us. It always will be. Awesome. Thanks so much, Casey.